Why hello there, and welcome to another episode of One Like Equals One Prayer, a podcast where we ask the tough questions about Christianity, and then we kind of, sort of, maybe answer them. I am and will continue to be your host, Josh Krause. On today's episode, we talk about the different ways to approach and read the Bible, and of course, why we, re- why we even read it in the first place, which to everyone's surprise isn't just for all of the gratuitous sex and violence. But without further ado, let's get on with the show by allowing me to introduce my fellow co-hosts. And let's get started by saying this one is for all the Echomanias out there. What's you gonna do, brother, when Kevin Echoes runs wild on you? I just want to say that you need to introduce me that way for my sermon tomorrow morning. All right, that'd, all right. Be, that'd, be, uh, that'd be great. But hello, everyone. And next up, we've got... Oh, yeah, it's the Macho Man, Mark Thornton. Oh, yeah. Are you trying to impersonate Arnold or... Uh, oh, what's his name? From the A-Team. Oh, yeah. Macho Man, Randy Savage. You don't know who that is? Or is my impression that bad? No, I got it. I, I'm sorry, I don't. I don't know who it is. Mark likes to pretend he's a child of the 80s, but he misses <laughs> key references every once in a while. Is that from the A-Team? I'm getting there. No, it's from wrestling. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Okay. I'm okay, so sorry. <laughs> I clicked. And finally, can you smell what Eric Latassi is cooking? Hi. <laughs> I'm just watching the mic totally peek out. <laughs> like, there's just like this block of over, over sound. <laughs> that was good. <sighs> uh, so uh, Christmas was last week, you guys. Uh, everybody have a good Christmas. How was everybody's Christmas? I got close. Good. I was actually really happy. Yeah, that's how you know you're getting to be an adult. Yeah. When people buy you, like, nice hiking socks that are, yes. like, moisture-wicking, and you're yes. so excited. It's actually very true. I asked for socks. I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, can you get me socks? And she's like, I'm not buying you socks. And I said, I really want socks. <laughs> so she got me socks, and I was happy. I was going to say, was this a situation where your wife says, I know it's better for you than you do? Or is this a situation where you get to actually say what you want? No, I actually said what I wanted. And awesome. then I got a bunch of photo frames. I got socks and photo frames. <laughs> and those are things I wanted. What are you putting in the photo frames? That's the question. Ooh. Pictures of my kid and wife. Mm. I'm not going to be in any of your pictures. Uh, you can be. I get it, Josh. If you it. provide the picture and the photo frame. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> picture, yes. Photo frame. Like your worker, like, yeah, oh, if you yeah, put in the, oh, you that's your kids. And then who's this guy? Oh, it's just Mark. <laughs> if you literally put, I was going to have one of just like the stock people of like, like just random people and have that set on my desk at all, in my office so when people like ask me who that is and just make up some story about who they are, even though it's just nobody. So I, I had actually photoshopped my head onto Arnold Schwarzenegger's body for, wow. for a card that I sent my wife once that said, I'm pumped to be your husband. Um, wow. I know, right? <laughs> so I, I use it as my like my profile picture for online gaming. And then the other day, somebody asked me for workout tips. And I could not, <laughs> That's funny. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> and I had to explain that, you know, like, dad bod. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dad bod. <laughs> I wish I just would have started making stuff up, like... I do Pilates and I look this way or something. 10 kilometer run, yeah. 100 push ups, 100 so. And that's just my wake up routine. <laughs> yeah. At oh. 10 a.m. <laughs> Eric, what did you get for Christmas? Books and a belt. I asked for a belt. What kind of belt? I don't know, it's just a belt. Black or brown? Black. 
There you go. So actually, it's one of those that's black on one side but brown on the other, so you can turn it around. So I love those. I'm actually, yeah, I those are the only belt I own that isn't like a casual belt. The only dress belt I own is reversible. Yeah, I own I own like two belts that are just like that. That's it's the way to grow, man. Guys, so I go to the store that I'm a, I don't want to admit right now. But I go to the store specifically. No, oh, okay. um, it's American Eagle. Kmart. And um, I go to American Eagle not for clothes, for belts. Believe it or not, every time I go there, they have like a two ninety nine special for belts, and I'm like, this is the best deal in the world. And they're like, do you need anything else? I'm like, no, I just need this belt. <laughs> Mark Thornton with the real tips for our podcast listeners. <laughs> just give me a belt. $3 I mean, I haven't belts. gone there like. About three years, I think. They're yeah. probably not two ninety nine anymore. Probably. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Mark Thornton with the three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> We're gonna have someone go there and be like, you know, there's this great deal. I know where you can get gas for ninety nine cents. Goodwill. Nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a time machine, I don't know that that's relevant. That's probably. Hey, if you have a time machine, time you just machine. throw some banana peels in there, and Mr. Fusion takes care of it. <laughs> so that's a good Christmas. Yeah. Very good. I mean, that's what our next podcast would be on corks. <laughs> Wait, what? How did you get there? Q U A R K S. I imagine not C U R K S. Yeah. No, no. Seriously, like I don't. I missed the connection. How did we get to corks? Because you're talking about probably Mr. Fusion. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. That's not. No, sorry. I almost like totally nerd sniped myself and started talking about subatomic structures. Moving on. We just That's lost. That's not what this podcast is about. We just about. lost three viewers. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Keep going. It's all right. Don't mind me. Uh, okay. yeah, we've gained like five more that are complete nerds <laughs> that are really unhappy as I said how <laughs> <laughs> are you going to introduce Quarks and not talk about it I don't know Quarks aren't in the bible so I'm not sure they exist what whoa <laughs> <laughs> you're going to tell me that the bible doesn't talk about science uh, no that's a podcast for another have day. you read Genesis 1 2? <laughs> oh no now we're really losing them by the hundreds <laughs> so now we know what we're talking about next week <sighs> <sighs> alright so moving on if you follow the news at all I know recently there is a, an election in Alabama that's kind of had everybody's attention uh, there's a senator's race between a uh, Republican who was basically an alleged pedophile. I'm going to say alleged because I don't want to offend anybody, but there was yeah, like... other pedophiles out there that would be really upset. Yeah, they, yeah they, we don't want to offend the... Yeah. Don't mention me. We don't be in with those pedophiles. Uh, and then there was a Democrat who was running against him, obviously, who he was known for prosecuting two KKK terrorists who blew up a church. Good on you, Doug Jones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and actually, to everybody's surprise, you know, Alabama did the right thing and they elected the Democrat and not the alleged pedophile. Anyway, uh, there was an interesting video that came out recently about a CNN anchorman interviewing Ted Crockett, who is a spokesman for Roy Moore, uh, the Republican who lost. Uh, And he was actually, he was left dumbfounded when he was told (coughs) politicians do not have to put their hand on a Bible when they are sworn in. So we've got the video, we're gonna go ahead and play the audio for you. It's kind of of funny. (coughs) Judge Moore has also said, uh, that he doesn't think uh, a Muslim member of Congress should be allowed to be in Congress. Why? Uh, under what? But, under what? Because you have to swear on the Bible. You when you, you when you are before, I had to do it. I'm an elected official, three terms. I had to swear on the Bible. You have to swear on the Bible to be an elected official in the, in the United States of America. He alleges that a Muslim cannot do that ethically, swearing on the Bible. 
you don't actually have to swear on a Christian Bible. You can swear on anything, really. I don't know if you knew that. You can swear on a Jewish Bible. Oh, no, I swear, I swear on, on the Bible. Can, I've done it three times. I'm sure Jim. you have. I'm sure you've picked a Bible, but the law is not that you have to swear on a Christian Bible. That is not the law. <laughs> you don't know that? All right, Ted Crockett. I don't know. I, I know that uh, Donald Trump did it when he when we made him president. Because he's Christian and he picked it. That's what he wanted to. That's what we wanted to swear in on. Ted Crockett with the Moore campaign. Good luck tonight. Thank you so much for being here. My panel will react. When Merry we get Christmas, Jeff. Thank you, sir. My favorite part about that segment is Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's like he doesn't know what this is. Guys, Merry Christmas is back. Never mind the fact that Obama said it every year he was in office. Merry Christmas is back, Donald Trump. I, just feel like, I love Ted Crockett's response. <laughs> like he says, "You did know that, right? Did you not know that?" And then like you could just tell, like he's, he just wants to like smack the guy. I don't know. He's just like, are you kidding me? I honestly, when I saw that, I was thinking to myself, I wonder who told him that was the law. And I wondered if he was processing in his head, do I throw this other person under the bus or not on national TV? Yeah, I wonder. Because yeah. you, you got to know, like somebody at some point told this guy yeah. that that's the law, right? Like you don't just make it up out of nowhere. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, either implied it or told him that. And I bet he knows who told him that. And I bet he's sitting there going, do I throw them under the bus or do I play it cool? Yeah. And I think that's what's going through his head when he's being silent there. That or I feel like he's like a computer at that point. His brain is rebooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's using Internet Explorer. Else yeah, 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 just, a like, Chrome. <laughs> Chrome. I don't know. Chrome's got some serious memory uh, leaks, guys. I would uh, rather use Opera, but you know. Ooh, there you go. How about Safari? Mm. Nothing could top AOL 9.0. I like Netscape a lot, actually. I I actually worked for a guy who used the AOL browser. In 2015, what? like recently. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How's that even work? I, I didn't even know. Thing? Didn't they just shut down like still a, thing. a couple years ago? I I don't know. Like I thought they officially like closed down their, their their stuff. So, but like when he was getting interviewed, though, like the thing that stuck out to me, besides like what was probably going through his head, because you know we're guessing, we don't know, is that when he was confronted with, well, no, you don't. Like, his rationale for, like, why he believed what he did was, well, this has been my experience. I had to do that. And then when they were like, well, well no, you no, you don't. Like, then his next thing was, well, President Trump did. Like, it was all experience-based. Right. Like, because this is what I've experienced, this must be how it is for everyone. And, you know, like, I hate to paint with super broad brushstrokes here, but it kind of makes sense that people who have been kind of isolated are those who are most afraid of people not like them. Because, like, in my experience, everyone is like me. And so the people who aren't like me, it's, like, it's a scary thing. we got to keep them sequestered, keep them over there. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. So they've got to adapt and be like me before I can really let them in. So you're saying that that guy felt fear. I think that that's the driving motivation behind most of the evangelical right, yes. I just feel like his whole world was shattered. Because, you know, like the idea that someone could put their hand on something other than a hmm? Judeo-Christian Bible, like, blew his mind. That that, that thought, and was not even, like, that thought never even crossed his, like, mm -hmm. his entire existence at any point up until 
the CNN anchor guy said, like, hey, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a Christian Bible. It can be a Koran or something. And the guy's like, <laughs> it even, even realized, the thought had never crossed his mind, this idea that there's something other than... But, you know, what's he going to do when he gets home? Is he going to... Is he going to adopt it, that view, which is true, or is he going to... Go home and say he had a rough day at work? <laughs> yeah, go home and basically say, well, he didn't know what he was talking about, that it has to be a Christian Bible because this nation was founded on Christianity. Well, it's like, it, it's funny how many stories that come out like this one, and I go to look up, like, details of the story, and the top, like, 16 hits are people quoting each other, basically. Yeah. And you can't find the original anything anywhere. So, like, I was I was online once, and I am going to totally butcher this. There were two people hosting the CMAs, and I have no idea who it was. I think it was Carrie Underwood and Blake somebody. I don't even know. Blake Sheldon. Sheldon. Sheldon, <laughs> sure. Probably that guy. And, like, yeah, they apparently did this, like, parody thing where they, like, changed the lyrics and made it all about politics and made fun of a bunch of people in politics. And, of course, Donald Trump made the list. And I think they redid the lyrics to the, uh, maybe next time you'll think before you tweet, instead of before he cheats. Like, changing the lyrics and song or whatever. And so, like, they made fun of Congress, they made fun of some Republicans, they made fun of some Democrats. And, of course, Donald Trump is the one that everybody knows about, so he got his own little verse or whatever. And I saw the original video, like, with the actual, like, them, like, moving and talking. And I thought it was funny. But then I went to go look to see if I could find the, a longer video that included the whole thing. And I couldn't. All I found was, like, 20 or 30 YouTube videos and articles that had, like, still picture shots. And only the lines that made fun of Donald Trump. And then, like, ripping into them for being super liberal and awful people. And, like, I literally... I, I couldn't even find the original YouTube video I saw with the whole verse again. Like, I, I was looking for context, and I literally could not find it. You know, and maybe it's because I was using Google. Maybe I should have switched to Bing or something. I don't know. But like, should have asked Jeeves. Should have. <laughs> but like, seriously, like well, even even people who are looking for context, sometimes you can't find it because all you can see is other people's regurgitated opinions. I think that's kind of scary though, because it kind of makes you wonder who's in charge of doing that. Like, yeah, it could be your average Joe Schmo, but I mean, that's like one of the best ways of media, right? If I can make take your the real video, change it, and then keep mass producing it like crazy and saying this is the real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was the point of this video that I was trying to show was like there's this guy who's held office for at least we know three different terms, and I mean it's not a major office; he's just like a county commissioner or something. But I mean, how many more people are like him that there's just they're just basing everything off of their own experience that they're not even trying to look at for outside sources when they're making judgments or calls it's something i've always done it this way and everybody else's me has already always done it this way so that must just be the right way to do it right or to flip it around you know like everybody thinks this guy's an idiot now because of this one interview right but maybe he did a great job as county commissioner yeah maybe Mm -hmm. yeah so like and so again like truth almost always needs to be put in context and, you know, it makes me sound like one of those crazy left-wing liberal people to say that truth requires context, but facts can be misleading. What are facts? That sounds like all sorts of philosophy, Mark. Where are you trying to take us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, uh, I've, it's almost as if 
news stations nowadays don't necessarily care about the facts. They care about what's the best, how to get the best ratings. Oh, yeah. If well, they can that's tweak something, money, yeah. it'll be great. If, if they can, like, maybe spark something else, like, have one little story mm-hmm. about a fact. Like, yeah. fun fact about some some horror films. Some horror films, you can say this person was here, or any type, any movie based on a true story, you can say this person was here. Now, anything that happens after could be completely made up, but this right. person was here. You only need one piece of it to be based on a true story. It's like so, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, based was, on a true story because Texas is a real place. Exactly. And chainsaws are and real. Chainsaws are and chainsaws are real. Massacres have happened. No, I don't necessarily. Factual. Know, I don't know the specific details, but like it's it's almost as if you know I, I don't know. That's why I don't necessarily watch the news and try and keep up because one yeah. person says this, the other person says this, True. the middle ground says this. I'm like, all right. Like anytime I do research on something, I gather like about five, ten different articles and then make up my own opinion because I don't know which one's true and which one's not. Yeah. I will say that one of the things that I have started to do is I've started looking for interviews and watching the entire thing. If a video is shorter than five minutes, odds are it's been cherry-picked to make it look a certain way, you know? And so, you know, like... You like to make fun of like Sean Spicer got a really bad rap last year, you know, because he kept coming out with horrible sound bites where he was probably forced by whoever he was working for, the communications director or Trump himself, who knows, to say certain things. And so he had to say certain things and he had to back them up and he looked stupid doing it. But like if you watch his entire interview, like you can tell, like there's almost a switch that flips for him. Like he's talking, he's talking, he's reasonable, he's a, he's a reasonable guy. I mean, obviously biased because that's his job, but like he's a reasonable guy. And then they ask a certain question and he turns into like crazy guy who's just totally denying facts. And then as soon as they get off that topic, he switches back and he's like this biased but reasonable person again, you know? And it's like, I wonder how many times people get judged based on incomplete information and like they get raked over the coals and the full story is a lot more complicated than that. So are you saying that when he went crazy and that topic that it was not him or that say it was changed in some way in the video no i'm saying it was him he totally said it but okay. it was probably something he had to say like i mean the biggest example is his first interview where he said that trump's inauguration crowd was the biggest ever and it just clearly wasn't you know like do you think sean spicer decided hey you know i've got this big lie i'm just gonna tell it for kicks and giggles you know like or do you think they said, "Hey, look, here's the story. You gotta, you gotta go tell them this." You know, like I think it's unfair to. I will say though, like I don't know, from that election, I have noticed that you have very reasonable people saying very unreasonable things of why they supported the way they did, and I'm like, well, then basically you didn't vote reasonably. You voted because of fear. Mm-hmm. I would totally agree with that. Not to get off on too much attention here, but at the same time, I mean, if you're in a position to where you're important enough to be interviewed on whatever news network, I feel like at the same time, there's a certain accountability for you to be able to rationalize or say what you're saying to the point for at least it would be, for it to at least be factual. So, I mean, I get you can take things out of context, you can clip and paste to your content of videos, but at the same time, what comes down to it, if you're saying something that is totally just not right, I mean, I think you can get blown up for it, and I think that's totally right. Yeah, I think that, (laughs) you know, you should never intentionally misrepresent the truth. However, there's a difference between saying this guy does nothing but misrepresent the truth, and this guy was told to, or else, 
and whenever he's not being force-fed a script, he's a different guy. You know, like, it changes your perception of the person, not necessarily your perception of the part that was pulled out. Like, it's still wrong to lie and say Trump's inauguration crowd was giant, and it wasn't. Yeah. You know? But that doesn't mean that Sean Spicer has drunk the Kool-Aid and has, you know, like, decided that I'm just going to lie for Trump's benefit because I can. You know, it's probably that, well, as, you know, White House press... Um, secretary, you have to go say this because that's the party line. You know, like I, I think the the relationship between what he said and what he wanted to say is probably pretty complicated. Yeah, I mean, it's a bigger thing like with the Ted Crocker guy is like is so. I mean, I feel like for him it was almost he was just completely ignorant of this. Mm-hmm. And is is ignorance of something? It's ignorance something we can you know hold somebody accountable for being for, or is ignorance just something that? You know, oh, they just had no idea that that's what... They, they're just without knowledge, essentially. I don't know if my question makes sense. Well, I, I think that ignorance is a dangerous thing and that people should be held accountable for it. But there's a difference between holding someone accountable and condemning them. Okay. Like, I think as a leader, you're accountable for what you don't know. Right. I don't think that this guy should be condemned because... Sure. Something that in his experience has always been true turned out to not be true for everyone ever, always. Yeah. You know, because, like, every every single nomination you see, people put their hands on a Bible. You go to court on TV and people put their hand on a Bible. Like, it seems like everywhere you right. look, people stick their hand on a Bible and they make a vow. So it's not crazy for this guy to say, well, it's happened every time I've ever <laughs> seen this. And somebody told me it was the law. Yeah. You know, like, how many laws do you obey that you assume are true, but you've never actually looked up the law? Sure. You know, like, what are the laws at a four-way stop? Everybody knows, but has anyone ever actually read the law about right-of-way at a four-way stop? I just think it's a little bit weird. I think, though, if you're in that position, you you should be held to a little bit of a higher standard to just believe what you've heard. Oh, sure. As as yeah, I think is. the guy was crazy for going on national TV and saying something <laughs> he hadn't fact-checked. He's he should be held accountable for that. Yeah, he will be. He's, he's yeah. forever has he will be an internet, internet meme forever now. Right. <laughs> the guy who rebooted his mind when someone told him, you don't have to put your hand on a Christian right. Bible. I think that whole... You know, I was just thinking about when you guys were talking about that, you know, we put our hand on the Bible to make a vow that we're telling the truth. I'm like, hmm, isn't it in Matthew where it talks Jesus about Jesus <laughs> 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 oh God this is funny the whole thing is the that we irony of the Bible yeah. that you're swearing by telling you telling not to swear, to swear by it Jesus says, God himself says hey guys don't make swear don't swear no vows yeah no vows well does God say that or you know <laughs> uh oh now we're getting into authorship of scripture So continuing with the topic of discussing the impact the Bible has, today's question is, how do you read the Bible and why do you read it? So guys, how do you read the Bible? Well, I looked at it from left to right, the words. No, 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 you're reading it wrong. You're not reading in the original Hebrew then, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. I prefer the Greek. Oh. The Septuagint? Oh, man. It's got some serious history. Give me the Dead Sea Scrolls. Or not, sorry. <laughs> Wait, aren't the Dead Sea Scrolls just, in Hebrew? Someone talked to me about that. Let's fact check this guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look on the Wikipedia, guys. Uh, I'm just getting on Snopes. There you go. There you go. Make sure it's accurate. Honestly, I like audio. I don't Listening know. to what you mean? I, yeah, I can't. I, it's very hard for me. I don't like books. Like, uh, I, you guys probably know that, but... 
I don't like books, and but I, I like listening to it. That's why I like sometimes when I go for drives, I listen to podcasts or like if there's like a certain verse that I really want to hear, I click play on it while I'm before I start driving, you know, because safety first. I never have my phone out while I'm driving. That was a lie. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I had to be honest. I'm sorry. I had to be honest. But um, I like listening to it. I mean, the first Bible I got was actually very, very helpful. Um, I think the first Bible I got was actually my mom. So this would be the second Bible I got was very helpful because it was uh, a study guide. And I didn't know the Bible much, so I had, like, lots of, like, random questions going on. I was 18. Mm -hmm. So I had lots of random questions going on. So I, like, and the study guide that, like, pretty much answered usually the questions that I had. And so that was awesome. Like, what about... Check this. Okay, cool. It was predicting your thoughts before you... Well, I mean, like, it usually... The Bible reads you as you read it. (laughs) Right? No, it had que- it had answers. Like, usually there was probably, I'm assuming, typical questions that people ask and it had at the bottom. And, I, of course, I had the typical questions, yeah. I guess. Except one, except a few questions which I had to ask the person who gave me the Bible. I think it was you, actually, Kevin. Thanks for the... I was going to say, is this the one I got Thanks for you? the grad gift. I still have it. Nice. But, but yeah, that that's kind of how I read the Bible. And then I don't like reading it back front to back. That is bad. Like, I, reading the whole thing. Cover, like, cover. if you read it from, like, if you start from Genesis, you're going to get bored at numbers. If you <laughs> haven't, like, you're going to you're gonna stop. I would say that if you made it to numbers, you beat the average yeah, by making you, it through Leviticus. I made, if you actually read Genesis, <laughs> you beat the average. <laughs> I kid you if not. You opened your Bible, if you opened your Bible and read over <laughs> two chapters, you've probably beat everybody. The first, um, that's a true story. The first time I tried to read it, like I was like, all right, I'm reading from beginning to front because like no one told me what to do, so I'm just like, all right, cool, I'm gonna read it from beginning to fr- beginning to. Sorry for failing, back. Yeah. Mark. No, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you laughed. It was okay. You left. You came back. It was great. But I started reading. I got the numbers. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm done. I think I'm done for now. This is great. <laughs> you bring up a good point, which is one of my questions, which is um, is reading it cover to cover okay? <laughs> no. And I think honestly, no, think, I think if there's a worst possible way <laughs> you could read the Bible, it is cover to cover <laughs> because it makes no sense. I mean, it makes it sense a little bit. Then you get the numbers like this many yeah. people are in this tribe. This many people. I'm like, how many tribes? Wow. I like Leviticus it actually. It is a bunch of laws. Yeah, but, Leviticus comes up. Do this. Wow, these are laws. This and is if, great. And if your child says something bad about your parent, take them out and stone them. Like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm then if it's really bad, you're supposed to gather the entire team. Yeah, and and supposed so to... then everybody can stone them together. I love the idea. Because that's how we become moral people. <laughs> I knew it. We throw yeah. giant rocks at people <laughs> and kill them I can't, together. I can't wait till Friday. We're all going to go and stone Joey. <laughs> That's honestly one of my favorite ones. That I'm not oh. gonna get. That I'm not gonna have a topic on right now. But, but I'm assuming it might be, is the tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah. You should That's not. A thing. You should not. Get Leviticus tattoo, does right? have prohibitions against tattoos. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's bad. I had some. I had someone ask me once if a ta- having a tattoo meant they were going to hell, <gasps> and they were dead serious. Like somebody had legit told them, "Hey, look, if you have a tattoo, you're going to burn in hell because it means the devil's in you." And they were like, sure, this, this person that had told them, and this person asking the question, they were like dead serious about it. They were like, somebody had told them at some point in time. Which proves the point. If you start reading the Bible from cover to cover, you're not going to understand <laughs> some stuff. You're going to be real confused. Oh, yeah. Like, at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in my favorite example of like, why you can't just take everything in scripture at face value is like Genesis 1. 
you know, you read Genesis 1 and God makes animals, then he makes man, then he makes woman. All right? Genesis 2. God makes man first, then animals, then women. <laughs> and so, like, you flip back and forth. You've made it two chapters into the Bible, and you have already found a discrepancy. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. You know, just like, you know, and I so, remember, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Let's continue reading. <laughs> and so, like, that's one of the main reasons, like, when I read the Bible, I'm not reading for history, right? Like, I'm not reading so that I can be like, okay, I have found a verse. I'm taking this verse. And this is just inviolate, right? Or inviolate, or how are you supposed to pronounce that? I read too much and I don't actually talk. But, like, let's take this one verse, and nothing can ever contradict this verse because this verse is in the Bible. And then you start collecting these things that are supposed to, like, never contradict each other. And then they start to contradict each other. <laughs> and then you and you get all worried. And, like, you start, like, oh, my goodness, how do I make this work? And, like, there are entire books written on how to resolve the contradictions in Scripture, right? And so, like, what it reminds me of is like, did you ever build those popsicle bombs when you were a kid? Right? Like, you take the popsicles and you spread them out a certain way, and like, by weaving them in around each other, you can like, build like, tension into it, and then you throw it at something, and it like, explodes and popsicles go everywhere, right? Mark's getting super excited, I'm gonna teach him how to do this afterwards. You heard your first Kevin Eccles as a terrorist when he was a child. Hey, you know, I taught him how to flip flaming tennis ball catch first, so popsicle bombs are nothing compared to that. Yeah. Um, and he no, promotes Methodism. My gosh, he is a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Methodism was to say, hey, tell the lie, it's okay. <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> so, like, seriously, though, like, the more you read scripture, if you insist that every single verse has to be completely 100% true and there are no contradictions, you end up with, like, huge amounts of tension where everything's, like, pushing against each other and you're trying to make it work and you go nuts. Like, it just... Some people are making it work, but I, I don't think it actually works. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a good point there. Just that, like, it's, I mean, you can seriously, the whole analogy of, like, reading Genesis 1, and you're like, oh, okay, I think I get this. And then reading Genesis 2, and there's, like, you're already, like you said, you're two chapters in, and there appears to be what you think, you know, uh, there's not cohesiveness there yeah. where it's like the Bible is saying two different things. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're you're staring at the Bible brinkly like Ted Crockett from that video we just saw where your brain is rebooting because you don't understand what you're reading. Yeah. And don't even get me started on Chronicles versus Kings. They cover the same stuff and say right. different things. This king was great. And then you flip to the other book and all oh, that king was awful. You know, like, which is it, you know? So what is a good way to read the Bible then? Well, as I say, do you want everybody to dip their... Well, how do you read it, Josh? Uh, all right, when, when I read it, doesn't <laughs> read it at all. Yeah. Well, let's pick this topic. What's going through Josh's head right now is crap. I want to be Reboot honest. Starting. Reboot right starting. What should I say? <laughs> Reboot starting. Reboot starting. That's right. Uh, when I do read it, I'll say that. Uh, I like I like listening to audio, like Mark was saying. That's probably one of my favorite ways to listen to it when I'm just doing something else. But at that point, like, how much am I really? Yeah, I sometimes wonder that. Uh, I like to do... I mean, I mostly just read the Gospels, I feel like, which is the most cliche thing I feel like you can say as a Christian, but that's probably where I spend a lot of my time just because I like I like the stories that Jesus was in. I like, I like the way he approaches things because I feel like that is something to me that is still, like, I read the things that he does, and I know for the time, obviously, it was, like, insane and blew, every pe blew people away at that time period, but even now, reading those things, I'm still, like, this stuff still 
applies is still very much relevant to what we are dealing with here today. I feel like some of the Bible obviously was written then and it's like you try to apply that now it's like this is doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I feel like Jesus is still his teachings, everything that he experienced and did is still very relevant. And I feel like to me that's like probably what I get the most out of him and I guess that's probably not saying much that you're getting the most out of what Jesus did. I think that's the whole purpose of the Bible. But I mean I guess that's probably my favorite way to do it. I also like I like to approach things with almost a um, historical sense. And I know you're saying you don't read the Bible for factual, historic, historically factual, because that's another story, and that's another topic for another day. But I like to put my mind, my myself in that time period and try to see how people would handle things and how the situations in the Bible, how stories, and approach them with those mindsets, because I feel like it kind of changes maybe the way you see some of the things and read it. I like... Uh I, I think of that, but, like, Acts, how does it apply today? I don't know. As you guys know, I, I like to talk to people about uh, about the Bible. And, actually, I got a really some really interesting conversations lately. It's really fun. And I don't, like, force them. They just start, I'm like, oh, you go to church? What church? And then they just start talking about it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. But, also, I'm, uh, I like Acts because, one, I like Jesus' story because I tell people when they're like, oh, well, what's this, what's this, what do you think about these people? And then I just flat out tell them, like, listen, Jesus was loved everyone. We, we, everyone, or we should, like, everyone has a general consensus, like most religions, not all, but everyone has a general consensus to be more Christ-like, right? And if, Christ, if uh, Jesus loved people... We should probably love people, too, if we want to be Christ-like. You know, like, be respectful of people, love people. And um, so I, like, I kind of like to base off of that, and then how does it apply today? And then I also like acts, because it's like, all right, this is the next the next step, the next act. Ha! If you will. Um, wow. We need one of those things, guys. All right. So it's that I like acts. It's the next act, it's the next act if you will, to... Um, uh, to like what do we do next so like the what second do do from the here? second act too yeah after jesus yeah what do we do in the from great here? play of life yeah what do we do from here what do we do next how can we like you know yeah. help other people in what ways do we help other people like that I, I don't know I, I just i really like that thought of like how can we help other people you like the early church history stuff and kind of seeing where it's going i mean it's so jesus. interesting and fascinating because all, a lot of it most of it applies to today like a little unless you guys disagree but like at least some of it applies if not a lot of it but some of it at least applies still to, to I think I think a lot of the things that they were dealing with during Acts I feel like the early church stuff is stuff that we can relate to yeah. and a lot of the questions that they're struggling with and trying to um, handle this new almost this you know, reimagining of their past faith of Judaism in the sense that now they're trying to take those things that they've dealt with their whole life, that they've spent their whole life following, and they're trying to apply that to Christianity or the very early beginnings of Christianity. We see, like, some of that today, I feel like, where we're dealing with um, <laughs> being an American and what that means to be and then trying to apply that to Christianity. I feel like it's some of the things we're dealing with on a daily basis. Or even here. a new Christian. Yeah, or a new Christian. Like too. that's it's uh, it's the same concept. When you have a like when you have a new Christian, the new Christian doesn't doesn't like. I feel like it's almost like define what 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 classifies you as a Christian almost. But that's a different topic. But it's like when a new Christian, a new person that just reads the Bible, like you don't. I think Kevin said it last week. You don't hand someone a Bible. 
mm-hmm. and just say, here, go read. Right. You say, here, here's a Bible. Hey, can we meet up sometime and, like, we can hang out and talk about whatever questions you have? Mm-hmm. Like, it's why I gave someone, like, a short story Bible, because I like talking with them about it. And every time, every time, like, we went to work or something like that, like, they just randomly talked to me about it. And, like, my friends that I talk to sometimes at work like to ask me a bunch of random questions. And it's awesome because you have this, it's almost as if you're helping someone through it. You're helping someone to under, better understand um, your faith, better understand Jesus, better understand a little bit of everything. Because mm. if you say someone to read the Bible, what if they open Leviticus? And they're like, well, I have a tattoo. Apparently this is a <laughs> sin, and I am not going to heaven now. Like, then you have to explain, well, this is why, this is, this is, this, the blah, 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 blah. And then it's almost as if, like, oh, well, that was bad. What else are they going to find? Right. Like, you know, by the way, murder is still bad, for, for the record. Just, just FYI. Just FYI, everyone. Murder is, murder is bad. So, I don't know. Someone else should talk, because I don't like talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hearing myself all the time. Eric's been very quiet. He's, he's sitting there sitting stroking his beard. That's right. I hate having a beard, because I keep stroking it. Yeah. Playing with it. Um, Why do you have it? I'm going to shave it soon. Okay. Because um, he's following Levitical law. <laughs> yeah. I'm meant to be a Nazarite. Anyway. Uh, so, our question is... I don't know. How do I read it and why do I read it? <laughs> you have to restate the question. <laughs> why yeah. did you do it? You had a long tangent. I was like, all right, I'm losing it. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm done. I'm done here. You know what? Bye, guys. I don't know. When I first was given a Bible, I decided to, well, I let it sit on my shelf until I actually became serious about reading it. And then I finally read it. And I, I did read it. I didn't read it from cover to cover, but I would just pick whatever I wanted to read, and I would read a chapter a day. And I don't recommend that to anyone at all. (laughs) Do not read a chapter a day. That is a bad (laughs) way of reading the Bible. Um, Why? Because you, the Bible didn't have chapters in its original writing. So you're at the discretion of any translating committee who said, you know what, we should end it here and make another chapter. And it doesn't flow. And of course I had the NIV, which I, for all those people out there who will listen to this podcast, so one person, uh, one like, one probably like. this one. <laughs> uh, I am not a fan of the NIV because I think it's choppy. So not only are the structures choppy and the sentence structures choppy, I think the book, like reading a chapter, you're like, okay, and then you kind of just lose it because it's not, whereas I would say now I've changed, when I read the Bible, I read it in huge chunks. Because why? Because it's a story. Why would you not read it in huge chunks? You wouldn't just read a chapter and say, okay, good, I got my chapter in for the day. I mean, it, it kind of promotes that behavior, right? Sure. I'm just going to read it, it like I'm reading in a book assignment for school. So, and plus, you kind of need to go, like, with, I mean, for example, I'm going to bring up Isaiah. Isaiah, more than one writer wrote Isaiah. There have been multiple Isaiahs. I Was mean, it just Isaiah? Not just Isaiah. Aww. And here's another what? thing. Moses did not write all five books of the Pentateuch. That's a lie. Didn't do it. With his dying breath, he wrote the passage about Moses dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. He's trying to make sense here. Stop. So, 
But in Isaiah, when you read, if you were to read just a chapter at a time, eventually I think you would just lose it and say, man, this is, I whatever, this book's about Jesus or something. <laughs> because that's what people tell you. But when you read, like, chunks like, of Isaiah, you see that there's this actual, like, it goes up to this and it reaches up its high and then it gets low again because it's condemning nations for being terrible. And then you're going to have this nation that overthrows you, but it's part of God's plan. I mean... It kind of has to be told as a story. Now, I'm going to read a chapter. So, but anyway, I like to read it in chunks, unless, of course, I'm reading it a different way. If I want to read it, like, prayerfully <laughs> or reflectively, <coughs> then I'm, I look at just a small section, but I meditate over it, and I just reread it, and then reread it again, and then reread it again. And then if something catches me, or I don't know how to put it, I, I, I could arguably say a feeling that's dumb, but if something speaks to me about a certain thing, it, it's about what does that mean in my life today, and I don't necessarily, I'm saying that that's how you ought to read the Bible, you ought to read it in its context, but as far as, like, prayerfully, I, it's me having a conversation with God, not what is this Bible saying right now for all generations to come. You basically just described a process called Lectio Divina. Yes. Yeah. Can you describe for our listeners at home who don't know what Latin is, just what mean, that is? It's just a process that's exactly what Eric said. Like, Lectio Divina is reading scripture and then rereading it and asking God what he's trying to say through that scripture for you. Like, it's so, so it, it's what Eric just said, basically. So the process you're saying is you read it once mm -hmm. and then you read it the second time. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, like, it's a long section. Sometimes it's, like, four verses. Sometimes it's one verse, okay. you know. Um, yeah. But the idea is that you sit and you just kind of like absorb a particular section, you know. Um, and then you just kind of listen. Honestly, Eric, I completely agree with you. Like, when I read stuff, one, I don't like reading as it is. So two, when I read stuff, like, I can't, I can't stop halfway through the story. Like, when I read, the first time I read... Um, First Samuel. The first time I read First Samuel, okay, I think I read it for an hour, like hours. I think I finished First Samuel in one sitting because I was very angry, and I was angry because I couldn't stop because I'm like, wow, this part is really good. Like, what's <laughs> happening next? Wow, this story is awesome. What's happening next? I like the idea. For people who being... don't know, I think it's about. I think it's about. Or it's not. It's it's about David. It's about uh, David becoming king, you know, all this cool stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I was reading First Samuel, and then like I'm halfway through, like. David suits up. I'm like, I'm not going to stop here. That's just, that's lame. So then I have to figure out what happens next. And then, wow, that's awesome. So what happened? Like, did he get rewarded? No. Saul tries to kill him. Like, I, it's just confusing me. <laughs> You're basically, like, binge reading. It was like the Netflix version. Of yeah, it's like the Netflix version of reading. Like, I remember that specific time because, like, I almost kept rereading a few parts because I'm like... This God asked you, are you still there? Are you still <laughs> reading this? Yeah, you have to click, yeah. Close the book. Yeah. <laughs> Will you stop already? I just thought it was it was fascinating. Like, like and then the story about, um, and this, uh, a few stories, but that story I just thought was crazy to me because, you know, David did this awesome thing, right? And then in the end, Saul ends up like, well, I'm jealous of you. I'm, I'm going to try and kill you. And then yeah. he starts running. Like, it's like, I, I, I'm not going to stop there. <laughs> okay? I got to figure out what happens. And I think I stopped right after I found out, like, that, like, when David became king. I'm like, all right, that's cool. 
Finally. Finally, there's a conclusion to this story. It's a good thing you didn't wait until he saw Bathsheba, otherwise you'd been hooked for another 10 times. <laughs> right? And that was like a week later when I got to that one. Speaking of the sex and gratuitous violence, as we mentioned earlier. I <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. Um, You're cute. I'm going to murder your husband so you can be my wife. <laughs> He is such a good guy. Seems like a good plan. I also, Man, I forgot something. Yeah, I was right like, there. I forgot something. <laughs> I would also read it, like, and I would also pay attention to how other people read it and interpret it. That's what I like. And so you would listen to your pastors at the time. You would, I would listen. I would. Read, I didn't read Bible Scholar pages yet, but I started getting into it. And then I, one point, I came to a conclusion or I realized that wait a second, this person is reading it different than this person. Who is right? <laughs> and then, of course, turns out there is no right. Everybody has all these different opinions of how you read it. And so now a postmodern worm has come into my brain and is gnawing away at those questions today where I'm like, well, now... And I, the only answer I have for people on that one is you kind of have to have faith because that's the only thing that it's going to... That's what people who've been reading the Bible since its existence on scrolls have been having faith because there's no way and we'll get more into that maybe with your questions but why do I read it I I think that was a question yeah why do you read it that was the the main question <laughs> no it was how do you read it oh, how do you read why it? do you read it you yeah. wrote this oh, yeah. oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah like okay so when Pastor Kevin reads the Bible um like, I, I read it kind of with two questions in my head. Like, one is, what does this teach me about God? Right? Like, I think that God's character is revealed in Scripture. And so I'm more interested not necessarily in what did God do, what does God want me to do. I'm mostly interested in who is God, you know. Um, the second thing, and this is what helps me make sense and find harmony between some of the Old Testament violence and the New Testament is I'm also reading scripture as a, a story and a record of people's relationship with God. You know, like uh, I had a, a professor, Richard J. Middleton, for those of you who want to Google him, he's a great guy, um, who told this like overarching narrative of the Old Testament where like God makes humans, sticks them in the garden, everything's awesome. Humans screw it up. So God's like, okay, well, I got to kick you out for a bit, but we'll, we'll bring things back. And then everything gets awful, and everyone is violent all the time, and they did nothing but evil things, and so here, here's the flood. Maybe we'll start over with Noah's family, because Noah's a good guy. And then you go through a little bit, and then you've got Babel, and he's like, okay, well, we'll scatter you guys, let's try and start again. And then that's awful. And then you've got things like Abraham and the covenant, and then you've got the Egypt and the Exodus and the promised land, and then you've got Moses and Joshua, and then you've got the judges, and then you've got the prophets, and then you've got the Messiah finally. But, like, each and every single one of those things, all throughout the Old Testament, is God trying to reveal himself to his people and trying to bring them back to the way things were meant to be. You know, and so, like, that's kind of like the dual lens. Like, not only who is God and how can I be like that, but also, like, reading through, like, and using as an example, like, how have other people struggled with this? How have other people tried to find God? What have they done right? What have they done wrong? Like, how, how can I apply this and help myself in my, own, in my own walk? And so, you know, when I read about the... And then they entered Jericho and killed every man, woman, and child um, and put everything to death. You know, like, I read that and I go, okay, 
is this because God wants us to commit genocide and kill all of our enemies? Because that does not jive at all. So I, I read those sections of scripture as after the fact justification by the Israelites. I don't think God wanted an entire city full of people to be put to death. I think this is a story of what the Israelites believed God would have them do. Um, and it makes sense in an Old Testament, you know, Middle Eastern, ancient view of the world and how gods and territory and everything like that worked, which is super complicated and we don't have time for it. But, like, it helps me understand, like, okay, this is what the Israelites were doing because this is what they believed is right and this is what they thought they had to do to please God. You know, and so I read the Old Testament differently than I read the New Testament, differently than I read the epistles, differently than I read the second half of Daniel, which is super weird, differently than, you know, all those kind of things. And so each question, Job is a great example. There's some crazy stuff said in Job. And you can't just take it all out of context and say, well, clearly this is what I'm supposed to do, because then you'd curse God and die. <laughs> you know, it, but it, it helps explain how people interact with God. And if you keep looking in scripture, you'll find somebody who's going through the same things you are and is having the same kind of doubts or aspirations or dreams or temptations that you are. And you'll be able to go that, that's what I needed to read. That's what's going to help me take the next step in, in my, my journey and in, in my faith. Um, that so, was David for me. <laughs> there you go. So to follow up kind of with what I've heard gets everybody here kind of say is that it sounds maybe like there isn't necessarily a best way to read the Bible it's kind of what works for you is that a safe assumption I think there are some guidelines you should have like I think you should read in context okay if you don't read in context then basically you're just you can make up anything you want about what the Bible says don't read it beginning to end yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, we're... Context... I think people are far more in danger of taking things out of context than they are in reading the thing beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's you know, like, they're both bad extremes. Right. But I think we're in much more danger of, like, going on Facebook and getting our verse of the day and not looking at context and just going, cool, I read a Bible verse today. I'm such a great Christian and going on with our life. Our daily I um, hate verse of the day, by the way, just for a Right, record. like, <laughs> it's, it, it's, yeah, no, I, we could have a whole conversation yeah. about that. Let's just say I agree with you and we'll move on. Like, because sometimes there, there's no replacement for picking up a book and looking up the verse. Like, if you're going to do a verse of the day, and uh, Eric and I wish you wouldn't, but if you do, have, someone send, now. have someone send you a reference and look up that reference in a book and read what comes before it and after it. And maybe if it's a short letter of Paul's, you read the whole letter. And then you look up the verse of the day also. Like, context is so stinking important that I would argue that most of the time misinterpretation of scripture happens because people ignore context. I would love to know how different some branches of Christianity's theology would be if there were not a chapter break between Romans 11 and Romans 12. What's actually funny that you guys mentioned that because I look on my, on my Bible app, there is the verse of the day, but I end up reading the whole chapter. 
Well done, Mark. I'm so proud. Well, I mean, because I <laughs> no, seriously. Well, uh, sorry, that came out sarcastic. I meant that seriously. Well done. I know, I'm very my, proud of you. My Bible app it gives me the the chats first of the day as a notification. I just swipe it away and just quickly. I mean, like I look at it because I like to read the verse of the day, but sometimes, like I do understand that's like sometimes taken out of context. So I like reading the whole chapter because, like, I find the whole chapter more interesting. Looking at you, Jeremiah twenty nine. I I try right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Honestly, uh, here's a question. Like, is there there is different ways of reading the Bible, and what I mean by that is like one time, like I had to write. I didn't have to. I chose to. Sorry, I chose to write a play, um, for the church one year, and uh, I think Kevin, you you may have read it. I think I sent it to you at one point. Maybe I'll send it to you again. But it was for Easter, so I had to write Jesus like dying, being resurrected, and then I'm like. I'm like, I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to offend anybody, you know, because obviously nowadays you could like go one wrong way or say one wrong thing and offend people. So what I did was I had to read all four Gospels, almost memorize them all, and then have a fine little happy line in between. <laughs> because as you guys know, some of them are different than the others. So I had to have a fine line in between and end it like where I thought I would end, start where I thought I would start. Um, it's almost like at that point, are you... And I'll even admit at that point, are you are you gather taking anything from it, or are you just memorizing and trying to do the best you can to write a report or something like that? Because I know I'm sure for becoming a pastor, Kevin, I'm sure you had to write reports from the Bible. Like, are you <laughs> gathering stuff from it, or are you just like, okay, I have to do this for this project, so I got to do this? Oh yeah, for for sure. Like, there's a huge difference between I got to write a paper and I'm doing devotions and i'm exactly. actually praying and yeah. getting to know god um so like but i don't think there's anything wrong with study no like, yeah i don't think everyone has to do it but i think it's beneficial for most people um i think the if there is a danger in study there's a danger in study without knowing the traditional interpretation and the context um like if you read I mean, I don't know, pick a gospel, basically. And you don't know anything about the context or the church that Paul was writing to. Um, sorry, not a gospel, an epistle. Like, you read Corinthians, first or second, you know. And, like, you don't have any idea what the church in Corinth was or what was going on in the city at that time or what the culture was like. And you don't know any of those things. You know, you might read the verses about how Paul tells women to behave and go, oh, wow, well, let's be super patriarchal about things because clearly it's in the Bible and that's how we should behave. Yes! You know, like, and so the danger is if you do this study... Go to study the kitchen. And you only read the Bible in your study. Make me a sandwich. Now. <laughs> I was going to choose David, but go for it. Sure, yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, when was a good question to ask while you're studying would be like if you're reading First Samuel and Second Samuel, say when was this written? Mm -hmm. uh, which you'll you'll be kind of bummed to find out that it wasn't written at the same time. It was written after the fact when we were in exile. <laughs> uh, then you what? <laughs> And no. Then you'll say okay if it were in exile. If it was written, then why is David so like? up there and then if you I mean some of it you're going to find is a little bit of propaganda promoting David and true Israel okay which is fine I'm going to stop it right there <laughs> <laughs> 
you can tell me there's propaganda in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Loads. <sighs> well, that's top for another day. Serious yeah. question. Was there actually someone inside a whale? Yeah, well, it says fish, but no. <laughs> that's a topic for another day. <laughs> Jonah is a parable. Jonah is one of the funniest books of the Bible I've ever read. It's my favorite prop. Well, yeah, I think it might be my favorite prophet. He's up there. So the general consensus is how to read the Bible. My suggestion would be, like, read it in... Uh, my, my suggestion would honestly be read it with someone who... Read it and then ask questions. Ask questions with someone that's read it before. Ask questions with your pastor, with your friend that's helping you out. Like, my, my biggest suggestion would be to read it and ask questions, as many questions as possible. And ask questions of people who are different than you are. You know, like, I did this weird experiment because um, I saw online somebody was like, okay, look at your... You know, your Twitter feed or your Facebook friends or whatever. Like, there's been a big deal about social media and how it affects how we see things, right? Somebody's like, okay, so try this experiment. What if you hid everyone who is like you on your social media feed for a week <laughs> and you only looked at the posts by people who either didn't share your ethnicity or didn't share your gender? And so, for me, that means basically my Twitter feed, I started intentionally looking for theologians who were either women or minorities or both. And I started, like, adding them to my Twitter feed. And my Twitter feed, like, changed overnight. It went from lots of pictures of my friend's food and the occasional post about how Republicans were doing something crazy and everyone was worried about it to all of a sudden it, I started noticing all sorts of social justice issues cropping up on my newsfeed. I noticed theology and comparisons and stuff. And so I'm, like, looking at these things and going, oh, my goodness, this is something I never would have seen before. And I think that when we read scripture and we only talk to people who are like us, we get that social media feed confirmation bias in the way we read scripture too. And so when you seek out, you know, like I'm not from the reformed tradition, but every once in a while I read what Calvin and Luther had to say about a scripture passage because I may not agree with it, but it's always a new perspective and it always makes me think. Yeah. You know, I read ancient commentaries. I read Catholic theology. I read Orthodox theology. I read Methodist theology too. But by reading people I don't necessarily agree with, it helps me really focus in on, okay, what do I really believe? Right. Why? What are the assumptions I'm bringing into this verse? And it helps me better understand what the verse maybe really means. Yeah. I mean, to bring it full circle, I go back to that video. I mean, that's, I think that's like what it's all about. It's like kind of challenging your paradigm and how it is and kind of this idea that like, why do you believe what it is you believe? Like, is it just something that, oh, I've always believed this, so I'm just going to keep believing it? Or is it, I need to really think about this. Is it, is it true what I'm believing? Is it, if what I'm reading, do I actually believe what I'm actually reading? Or is it just something I'm doing so I should be doing? Or if I really believed this, would I behave differently? Should I, yeah, would I, should I behave, if I, yeah, if I really believed it, would I be, yeah. should I be behaving differently? What did you say, Josh? I don't know. Can you please repeat exactly word for word? Do you act out your faith, or do you just give lip service? I know. I, I just give lip service, so. Good. <laughs> uh, obviously. So what, ha uh, so what if I would say that, you know, how can I make the Bible less boring if it's boring to me when I read it, if I'm falling asleep when I'm reading it, or I just am not interested in it? Techno music. Yeah, I, Okay. I like that. I really just thought of the first thing that just popped in my Take head. Take the music. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That would be pretty sweet, actually. I mean, it would. 
It depends on how you you learn. Like me, I kind of like I'm more of a. Uh, I, this is really hard to explain. The way my brain processes things, I, I think of things like a video. Like if I have a memory, like I don't have it in picture form. It's a it's a video. So when I when I read, like I like to imagine a story happening. Like that's why I said like when I read certain things, I think of this awesome sto this awesome like visual in my head of what I think of it. You think it's happening if that makes sense. Okay. So you, it's like you a, kind of like imagine what you're. It's reading like a, like a movie in my head when I'm reading it, and it's awesome. Like, cool. You know, that's how I do it. I think that's what most people do when they read Mark, but that's okay. You know what? I don't appreciate your attitude <laughs> or tone. Thank you. <laughs> I was reading uh, Ephesians the other day because somebody was talking about doing a Bible study in Ephesians, and so like I printed out a copy of Ephesians without any verse numbers or chapter numbers, and I just read through it and just started marking it up and just writing notes and stuff. Because I was like, all right, this is cool, and then I'll I'll be like, actually aware of what's in the book. It had been a while since I'd read it. And I got to this verse that basically, uh, and I don't remember the exact quote, because it was like a week and a half ago, but it said something about the church and we would know the multifaceted wisdom of God and that we would share it with the, the lords in heaven. <laughs> and so, like, I read that and went, wait, I had never, ever read this before. What in the world do you mean that we as humans in the church are sharing the multifaceted wisdom of God in a new way with angels and the lords of, of the heavenly host. I'm like, and it just like blew my mind because I'd read it and I'd never really processed what that must mean. You know, like that we would know God in a way that is not known to angels and to, to spiritual beings. You know, and so like how to make the Bible not boring is like forget that you've read it before. You know, like especially for people who grew up in the church, like it's easy to go, well, this is the Bible. You know, whatever. Um, it's not whatever. It's not simple. There's always something you missed. You know, like, I don't know how many times I've read Ephesians. You know, like, but suddenly, like, this one thing that I had missed every other time jumped out at me. And I went, wow, what in the world does this mean? How does this change how I see God in my own role? And, like, so just, like, actually pay attention to what you're reading. And something will grab you that way. Like, I don't think it's it's possible to pay attention to scripture and have it be boring. I agree with Kevin, mostly. I, re I do sometimes, I read the Old Testament a lot more than the New Testament. And the joke is, is because I like the wrathful God where it's all about war and smiting e each other and killing people. Yeah. And having multiple, multiple wives and... Uh, it's basically Game of Thrones. It really is Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, well, I guess so, I don't know, I've not finished that, but... Uh, I had a fu yeah, funny segue. I did that on Facebook where I would post scenes. I would say, I would ask people, is this from the Game of Thrones or is this from the Bible? Yeah. So there you go. That's something you can do. I mean, at the end of Ezra, I was pissed off because they basically got to go back to their land and they said, we need to make it us holy again before God. So what do we do? We'll get rid of all of our children and wives that are foreign. Sweet. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. You guys are a bunch of pricks. So, I mean, that, and that's what I kind of think, and personally, like, when I'm reading the Bible, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's boring as much as you want to make it be, but, I mean, it's, the stuff is there. 
Yeah. I mean, watch some of the, what these prophets do just yeah. to get the attention of other people, starving themselves or pretending like they're broken in front of people. And this is what's going to happen to you. Jail. You don't follow God. Jail, so, nailing a tent spike into the... Old Testament's yeah. great. It's great. I love Old Testament. Well, yeah, I so good. good. <laughs> violence. <laughs> a violence and gratuitous sex. Yeah. I will say, if you're going to get bored reading scripture, nine times out of ten it's while reading Paul. Yes, yeah, also boring. Paul is very long-winded. I mean, there's I, that can, story where he can, kills somebody by be, arguing to death. Can we be frank? Yes. <laughs> Paul's not a good writer. Like, I want to be frank. I want to I throw this out there. Paul didn't even write. Yeah. Describe right for him. Yeah, he still was terrible. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. You would have thought at least... He's not... I'm sorry. He's not a good writer. I mean, that's okay. God uses us in spite of ourselves and our lack of talents. But he's not a good writer, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. No offense to Paul. What he had to say was great. It was good stuff. He's not a good writer, okay? You know, you're going to get up to those pearly gates, and Paul's yeah. going to be like, hey, bud, we got to talk. <laughs> he's going to, like, yeah. He's got the, you know, the keys. Or, well, it's Peter. That's but, Peter. Yeah. They're pals, so it's Peter. Now he'll just be waiting just inside the gate. Yeah, twirling the keys, you know. Yeah, you're, right, walk you're, in. you're not getting in here. Peter said, Peter's probably going to lean over you like, you're totally right. Yeah, I know. No, I'm an Old Testament guy. It's my thing. Um, there's also other things that you'll catch in there, like Israelites being monolatrous. They believed in multiple gods, but you should only worship the true God. Yeah. And then that evolves uh, to... I, I mean, I guess that's why I'm so attracted to the Gospels, and specifically... And like I said, it's the most cliche thing to say, you should read the Gospels of a Christian. But, I mean, I just, it's just... <laughs> Jesus... Like I said, it's just the stuff that he did back then is still very relevant to me, and I every time I read it, I feel like I learned something. Well, that, that's one of your questions. If you're going to start anywhere, I would recommend everybody to the Gospels. I would not tell anybody else to start in, in Leviticus. My gosh, you're going to be one. Start in numbers. Go from there. Unless you're going to want to stone yourself. Unless basically. you're an epidemiologist or someone who really likes, um, you know, cleanliness and like is against disease, <laughs> then read Leviticus. But otherwise, like. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to read, read the Gospels, and if, you, if you're if you a kid, if you were trying to teach the Bible to your kid, I definitely would recommend only the Gospels. Don't even bother <laughs> reading the Old Testament. And if you are reading the Old Testament, or if you're reading a devotion that is citing, like yesterday, uh, my son cited Job. I said, yeah, we're not going to read Job. <laughs> we're going to read something else, because you don't need to know what skip, happened to Job. You're going to skip the PG-13 and R-rated stuff, and just read the, you know, but th I mean, they're not even asking those questions anyway and I mean if you start reading the Old Testament with your kid when they're five they're going to start to realize wait a second guy kind of sucks yeah guys <laughs> well the whole point of Job like the, the best lens that I've got in my head for reading Job is okay either God is fair or righteous people get good things or Job is righteous pick two you know like because it, it's impossible that job is righteous righteous people get good things and god is is fair and good those all three can't be true the retribution yeah. so you have to choose one of those three things to go or no like they can't all three be true job is an analogy for something else and not historical but yeah but the story though still holds that one of those three has to be false even if it's a story right yeah so, like, the one that has to go is that righteous people always get good things. I mean, like, because scripture says that elsewhere, right? You know, the rain falls and the righteous and the unrighteous alike. You know, See, they the both wheels turning in like, Josh's head saying, well, if righteous people can't always get good things, how is God fair? Yeah. That's what you're going to ask, yeah. But that's another podcast for another Yeah, podcast. it is.
Well, I think we've gone way past our time for this episode. Uh, I don't. Did anybody have anything closing things they want to add, or anything just to wrap up, or are we pretty much everybody pretty much good? Even if you don't know how to read your Bible, you should still do it. Yeah. I would, say, I would suggest if you want to start reading your Bible, read Mark. And that's not just because it's my name. <laughs> because Mark in the Gospels is, if, especially if you're new, like some, you might like uh, the long descriptions of John. I think John and Matthew have the longest descriptions. Like, especially if you're new, that might confuse you. Um, I would suggest Mark because Mark is boom, 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 action, 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 action. It shows you the little snippets, important parts of the Gospel, and takes you through. And that way you can ask questions, and then you can, like, maybe read with somebody, maybe read through John with somebody after Mark, or, like, all right, what's next type Yeah, thing. that's good. Yeah, no, starting with the Gospels, and Mark is a good place to start, I agree. I'm going to say read Revelations. It's really easy. You'll be able to grasp it quickly. <laughs> Josh, uh, Josh is lying. Josh is lying. Stop lying, it's, Josh. It's very easy. There's a lot of things there that will make sense to you that's when you read it. So <laughs> I agree with reading yeah. the Gospels. There is one group of people that I would say if you don't want to read your Bible, take some time off. And that would be the people who have come from a certain background that's conservative that was, you were forced to read your Bible constantly and you're fed up and you don't feel like you're hearing from God or anything, take some time off. Be a part of the community of your church or whatever. If you have a good community, do that for a little while and then come back. I'm going to say that's what I'm doing. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's fair. That's a good idea. All right, so there you have it. Uh, hopefully that's about as clear as mud. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, we want to thank uh, Kevin McLeod. I think that's his name. I looked it Did up. Did you actually look it Wikipedia up? Did. You looked it as up. Far as, so the, as far as I can tell from the pronunciation keys on Wikipedia, it's McLeod. Thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for the show music. Uh, keep on liking our Facebook page if you haven't subscribed to the show. We're on iTunes and Google Play or whatever weird podcast app you use on your fancy phone machine. Uh, got a question? We might have answers. Send them to one like equals one prayer. That's one spelled out, not the number one, at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening. I've been and still am your host, Josh Krauss. I'm Mark. Bye. I'm Eric. And as always, please share one like equals one prayer. This is Kevin signing off. <laughs>